The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What was that? The Cincinnati Bengals in their week one debut of 2023 go into Cleveland and get absolutely embarrassed to the tune of 24 to 3. Cincinnati couldn't do anything on offense. They had few answers for a couple of the Cleveland Browns stars on both sides of the ball, and they fall to 0 and 1, not only overall, but 0 and 1 in the division. And they have a lot of ground to make up early in the season. I'm Anthony Cazenza. This is the post-game show, courtesy of Cincy Jungle. And this is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. A lot to talk about today. Uh, and I don't even know how much time I actually want to spend on it. Because that was just unwatchable football, quite quite honestly, from the Bengals' standpoint. Um, defense played well overall. And they did enough to make sure that the Bengals did what they needed to do to win the game. But just from an offensive standpoint, and really, shockingly, special teams, this was an absolutely shocking, just shocking effort that was put out there by... uh, by the Bengals and by, you know, um, I don't know, man. I mean, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to look at the tail of the tape. We're going to look at the, um, we're going we're gonna to look at some, some things that stand out quite honestly on the stat sheet, but there are some situational football things that were happening in this game where you just go, man, uh, I, I don't understand how and why you're making those decisions. 
Um, and look, we can criticize and we can talk about uh, we, we can talk about a lot of things. We can talk about why this they didn't play well, why the offense wasn't doing well, why Burrow struggled, and you can point to the weather, obviously. But that Cleveland Browns team had to deal with the same weather. Uh, you could say, oh, well, you know, maybe unfamiliar territory. It's the state of Ohio. The Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, they're <laughs> You you start to run out of excuses, and now unfortunately, what you fall back on, or what a lot of people are falling back on, is of course another shortened and or irregular off season by Joe Burrow because of the calf injury. You fall back on, you know, whether or not Burrow is healthy, should he get? Should he or the other starters get more snaps in the preseason? Because this is now a little bit of a trend, at least the last couple of years. Now, 2021, there are some issues and there, you know, but they came out and they did their job and they fought really, really hard and got a hard fought win against Minnesota. We're really looking at the last two years in terms of the sample size and not playing well the first couple of years, first couple of games to start the season. So there were a, a lot of things that were just. It felt like we all know week one is an anomaly. We all know that week one doesn't really mean a lot in terms of quality of play. And quite honestly, if you look at the Cleveland Browns and how they played, I wasn't overly impressed with a lot of things that they did. I wasn't overly impressed with their offense. I wasn't overly impressed with their passing game. I wasn't overly impressed with a lot of different things that they put on tape this week. Um, It really was a tale of the Bengals offense not doing their job, the Bengals special teams making kind of a lot of errors. And then also, as it has been in recent history with this rivalry, Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb making a lot of plays, a lot of racking up a lot of stats and coming up with huge plays when it mattered the most. I, we, we've said it over and over and over again on this show. We've said it on CincyJungle.com. We've, it's been said a lot of places. The Bengals really couldn't afford. I, I don't want to say they're, you know, obviously it's one game. It's one divisional game. It's, it's a road divisional game. It's a team they've str- struggled against. And so you kind of, okay, well, let's, let's move on and let's, uh, you know, it's not that big of a deal in the, in the grand scheme of things, but it is a big deal because of the way the schedule starts off for this team. And again, that is to the tune of the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns starting the schedule off. Obviously the Browns this week, the, the Ravens next week at home, the Ravens got a W the Browns got a W the Bengals are in the hole. And I guess the, the best news is that the Bengals are not the Pittsburgh Steelers because the Pittsburgh Steelers got absolutely throttled by the San Francisco 49ers this week. I think it was 30 to 7 was the end on that one. So I guess if you're looking for silver linings, that's one to take away. Um and so we'll pull up the stats here, but it is not pretty and there were some situational things today where you go, what are you doing play call wise? What are you doing just Go, you know, going forward in certain areas, not going forward in other times and, and and looking at this game and you go, man, this just was 
not managed well. It wasn't executed well. And really, the defensive unit was the only one that really truly came to play this week, it, it seemed, for the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, uh, let's let's just look at this here. And, and before we do, I um, just want to remind everybody, <laughs> as, as we sit here and be, you know, so, so negative about stuff, I want to remind everybody to subscribe where you can, whether it's the YouTube channel over here. Uh, this side, rather, by the Cincy Jungle icon there underneath. There's the show icon. Click that. Click the subscribe button. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available. And of course, whether it's this show or others, you want to subscribe to the Cincy Jungle podcast channel on your favorite audio streamer. And, uh, you know, leave us a review if you can. <laughs> Maybe not this week. If <laughs> if uh, you're, you're, a little, you're a little antsy and or, uh, you know, your angry trigger fingers a little little itchy maybe maybe not this week but at any rate um check out all the shows we have for you we've got cool interviews a a lot of different shows a lot of different hosts and all kinds of stuff so hopefully you enjoyed that but here's here's the thing um let's let's look at kind of the overarching deal here and that is the the stats and this is presented by espn i like throwing the the espn box score here then we'll, we'll also look at drive summary and some other things here okay so let's let's scroll back up i had it down to the defense because uh, i just had to i guess look at miles garrett arguably if not definitely the worst game of joe burrow's career a sub 50 percent completion percentage 14 of 31 for under 100 yards passing 82 to be exact a 2.6 yards average no touchdowns no interceptions no fumbles, just two sacks, and a rating of 52.2. It got so bad towards the end there, and there was still some sizable time on the clock, seven minutes, I think, um, something like that. And, I mean, I can go check to, to be – I mean, there was a, a roughly a half a quarter or so left when Jake Browning came in to the game. And, you know, that's the Bengals waving the white flag. And this was – and that that element was quite honestly the most concerning element of the game to me because you saw Joe Burrow on the sideline getting his calf worked on and stretching and all kinds of stuff with his trainer. You saw a backup quarterback come in. There were a lot of concerning things uh, in, in this game. And so maybe not only is it just, man, he didn't play preseason again. Oh, uh, man, there's the rhythm and the timing and the game speed and all that stuff, all, all of the narratives that come into play again. But it's also, uh, do we want to talk about the calf? I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, you know, I mean, obviously the Bengals are preserving that, and they were down at that point. I think, uh, you know, seventeen to, to uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, seventeen to three, or, or you know, I mean, and then twenty four three ultimately also. But so I mean, the game was out of hand, so you don't want to risk it. But it, it just was like, wow. This is where this game went already in week one. You're bringing in your backup quarterback midway through the fourth quarter. Reality check. Deshaun Watson, though, here's the thing. Not a great game from him. It's not like Deshaun Watson took this game over. He had some nice plays. He had a couple of nice runs. He had a touchdown on the ground, a touchdown through the air. He threw a pick. He threw for 154 yards. Barely over 50% completion percentage. 16 of 29. The Bengals got after him a lot. Three sacks. Trey Hendrickson was a problem for the Cleveland Browns offensive line. 67.3 rating. Deshaun Watson did not take over this game. 
Once again, this game was about Nick Chubb, and this game was about Miles Garrett. And we can talk about how poorly the offense played. We can talk about, you know, how poorly the, the, the situation, game calling, and some of the other facets were in this game. You can, This game is always, at least in recent history, and why the Bengals continue to lose this game, this game is always about Nick Chubb and Miles Garrett. That's what this game is about. And if you can't stop one and or both of them, or contain one and or both of them, you will not win this game. And I feel like, quite honestly, most people, you, I may have a lot of people that disagree with me. I feel like containing Chubb, I feel like managing the run defense is almost more important than Miles than, than uh, disallowing Miles Garrett to have a day. Because last time these two teams faced off, the Bengals won, and the Bengals, the, the Bengals, the Bengals won, and it was Nick Chubb getting under 40 yards on the ground to win the game. And I believe if I, I have to go back and look, I, I think in that game it was here. I'll, I'll, I'll I've got some notes here, so I will I will look back here. Just some. I believe it was two sacks by Miles Garrett, six total tackles, but 34 rushing yards for Nick Chubb, and the Bengals were victorious. Just their second win in 11 the last 11 games. And here you go. You look here. 18 carries, 106 yards. Close to six yards per carry for Nick Chubb. And then you go to the receiving aspect, four for 21. Making plays there too. So while Miles Garrett is a problem, he continues to be a problem. The Bengals do not have an answer for him. If you do not control what Nick Chubb does on the ground, if you cannot get in the backfield, if you cannot make plays against the run consistently, and there were times where the Bengals ball use cliches 18 carries 160 yards and I'm looking at it here and last one two three four five seven eight nine ten games has one three four five six 100 yard rushing games Nick Chubb that's a problem and and this Bengals defense is great against the run they have problems in this matchup against Nick Chubb, against this offensive line, and against this scheme. Mixon 13 for 56. I thought he ran pretty well, and the Bengals were just not going to the run early in the game when the weather was bad, and they were not sticking with it on short-yarded situations. There was a maddening amount. I, I want to say three or four times at least on third and short where they just kind of threw a 50-50 ball about 25-plus yards down the field on third and short. That's kind of your second and mid, second and long play, in my opinion. And then maybe you go back to, and maybe that's a little predictable. I don't know. But it, I, I just didn't like the situational play calling. I really didn't. And I, hindsight's 50-50. And, of course, if T. Higgins comes down with one of those balls or Jamar Chase comes down with one of those balls, we're talking about a different game, a different outcome even potentially. But that's not the case. Joe Mixon, 13 for 56. Evans had a nice kickoff return to start the game. Two for 12 on the ground. Travion Williams, two for seven. I mean, just not a lot on the ground. 20 for 75 at 3.8. 
over 200 yards rushing for the Browns. 200 yards rushing for the Browns. 40 for 206, 5.2 with a touchdown on the ground from Deshaun Watson. And Elijah Moore proved to be a fun gadget player for the for the Browns. Um, you go back up here, uh, two two carries for 19 yards, including a 19-yarder, uh, and then three catches for 43 yards. So a nice addition for him. Jamar Chase, five catches, 39 yards. Joe Mixon is your second leading receiver, three catches for 17 yards. T. Higgins, check this out. Eight targets, eight and no catches. I mean, it's inexplicable. Five catches on nine targets for Jamar Chase. It's that's play calling and that's a lack of execution. That's a lot of different things. And I don't, you know, I I don't want to be the guy that, you know, oh, distractions. I, I don't like to be that guy, but this entire week leading up to this game, unfortunately, and fortunately, because it led to Joe Burrow signing a mega extension and sticking with the team, but this entire week leading up to it has been about contracts. What's going on with T. Higgins? Joe Burrow signs his deal. and but I, this, this doesn't strike me as a team that gets distracted easily, but there's a lot of different outside things occurring with this team going into this game, and it's not boding well. It's not, it didn't bode well going into this week. I don't want to say it did or didn't have a direct effect on the result, but I don't know. Uh, Jermaine Pratt played his butt off today. 11 total tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, had a forced fumble, um, just played his ass off today. Nick Scott, 11 tackles, um, you know, some good, some bad there. Logan Wilson, I saw some good, some bad. I mean, there were times where he was in the hole and then, you know, looked like he was ready to make a play and Chubb made a cutback. And, you know, sometimes the Wilson was there to make a play and sometimes he wasn't one tackle for loss. Dax Hill, nice debut from him. Uh, six tackles for loss. I'm sorry, six tackles overall, two for loss and an interception. Uh, that was off of a Zachary Carter tip. BJ Hill, a sack. Trey Hendrickson had a couple of pressures early and a, and a sack early. So, uh, the Bengals were getting to Deshaun Watson early, and, and their defense was doing their job for the most part, I thought. Um, you know, so Dax Hill had the pick. Here's here's the other thing, and we'll you know, we can go into special teams. Cincinnati's defense, I tweeted this out. Cincinnati's defense had two turnovers that they forced a fumble of Jerome Ford and the interception on Deshaun Watson, and they got goose egg points to show for it. Zero, none. You are plus two in the turnover margin on the road in a divisional game, and you have zero points to show for that. Now, granted, the fumble was deep kind of into into their own territory when the Bengals recovered it. But, I mean, if you get a field goal and a touchdown, two field goals, I mean, this becomes a completely different game if you get points out of those things. And not only – from a hey game management standpoint, play calling standpoint, but from a team psyche standpoint, if you're going out there and and I think I'll go back to the drive summary on each of those there and we can look at it. I think there were three and outs on each, so you're just trotting your defense right back out on the field after they turn the ball over for you. Evans had a couple of nice punt return or uh, kick returns rather, including the 27 yarder to start the the game that put the Bengals in a you know pretty decent field position 
They did nothing with it. Charlie Jones, three three punts for 24 yards, including a 15-yarder. But there was one, uh, maybe his first, maybe his second. I can't remember which one. But there was one where he fielded it at like the six. And you kind of just go, man, just let that thing go. I mean, he only took it to like the 15-yard line or something. So you kind of just go, man, just let that thing go. Evan McPherson, perfect in the preseason, hitting 58 yarders, hitting, you know, uh, and, and then, of course, now granted, the one he missed was, I think, a 51-yarder, so not a gimme, and, and in the rain, but misses it. So he's one of two, hits a 42-yarder, and you just go, man. And then the rookie punter had a not-so-great day. Ten punts, only two of them inside the 20. He did have one that was 54 yards. That was nice. Uh, a couple that were shanks. A couple where guys were almost in on him, you know, hitting the ball and all kinds of stuff. I mean, not a great day to kick the ball in general, whether it's field goal kickers, punters, anything like that. But you look at Dustin Hopkins, he's three of three, right? McPherson didn't hit it. Ten punts. Ten punts. And let's go back up here and look at the amount of completions that Joe Burrow had. He had 14 completions. The Bengals had 10 punts. That's insane. So, uh, and we'll we'll look at some some other things here, team stats and other things. But again, it's just like, man, I I don't I don't really understand the situational play calling. I don't really understand how you how you're plus two in the turnover mar, uh, margin, and you're just not getting it done. Um, you know, here Christopher, this I mean Christopher Griffith in the. Facebook chat says Joe Burrow was super rusty and was overthrowing guys. Miscommunication, lack of run game also doomed us. The weather was a factor, but no excuse. It is embarrassing. You you are correct on a couple of those facets, but there's also, man, he was glove. He was no glove. He was, I, I mean, figure it out. And if, and, and if you are just not comfortable throwing the football, you better figure out a way to run the ball. And, Miles Garrett was was doing a lot of things in this game. I guess we should go back to that, by the way. Um, I, I was so busy harping on Nick Chubb that I did not talk about Miles Garrett in the game he had, I guess. So I, I, I suppose we should pull this back up quickly and uh, talk about that. But I mean, if you're if you're very concerned about Miles Garrett, and, and yeah, I mean, again, two sacks on Burrow. It wasn't like, you know, this was 2020, you know, 2021, where he's getting five, six sacks a game, that sort of thing. He's running for his life all the time. Um, Miles Garrett, though, you know, again, a sack there. And a sack from uh, Okunrakwo. But, you know, Zadarius Smith got in there for a pass defendant four quarter. This is here's here's the concerning part. Four quarterback hits for Miles Garrett. Four quarterback hits. From Zadarius Smith, you know, another one from Delpit. So the defensive ends were having their way. Now, Garrett was moved around a lot. I think early one of his one of his big plays, one of his hits on on Burrow was something that, you know, he was moved inside late. And then, you know, that was kind of a, a deal where he took advantage of a mismatch there. And then later his sack at the end of the game on a fourth down play was something where it was like, man, I mean, he, he lined up against Jonah. He blew past Jonah Williams, blew past the running back that was there to chip him, and he made the play. He's just a problem. He's just a problem. 
But if you are able to contain one or both of he and or Chubb, and to me, I still think based on what we've seen, as big of a game wrecker and as great as Miles Garrett is, if you can't contain Nick Chubb, you have a problem. You will you will not win this game. And there were some nice things early against Chubb, but then later as the weather got worse and the defense was out there for a long time and more and more, and the offense wasn't moving the ball, Chubb got going and he kept making that one cut. To, there was a play, and, and Charles Davis talked about it. There was a play in the second half. I think it was in the third quarter where Nick Chubb was stopped dead to rights for about a no gain, a yard, in a third and long, and he ended up getting six. And those are the types of plays, those are the types of things you cannot allow to their stars. You cannot allow their stars to get that momentum. You cannot allow their stars to, to make the plays that extend drives and, and keep keep an offense or – Keep keep their offense on the field, or take your offense off of it. Uh, let's get to the team stats. I don't think that you know, and I haven't looked at these quite honestly closely. I don't know. There's a, I mean, there's some disparity in some, um, but again, when you look at the passing, I, it's it's not. I don't know. <laughs> honestly, I'm just looking at. It, I'm going, man. This was just a hideous game all around. I'll share it with you here and you can, you can check it out, but there were a couple of situations here where, uh, here you go right here. First downs, 21 to six. A lot of those were late, um, passing first downs, nine to three rushing first downs. That is huge. 12 to two, 12 to two. Um, and then first downs for penalties, only one for the Bengals. Third, look at this two of 15 from the Cincinnati Bengals. Not much better from the Browns, 4 of 14. The Bengals' defense did enough. Total plays, 54 to 72, 142 to 350 total yards. They both had, you know, essentially the same amount of drives, 15 for the Bengals, 14 for the Browns. Yards per play, 2.6 for the Bengals, 4.9 for the Browns. Uh, Passing yards, 67 net to 144 net. Um. And then the rushing yard, 75 to 206. Good God. Uh, penalties were pretty low for both teams. Four for 20 for the Bengals, five for 43. And then they, the Browns just hogged the ball. 35, 35 minutes, 50 seconds to 24-10 for the Bengals. Um, and that's, you know, that's that's a big key. But then you look here, look at the turnovers, two to zero still. And you just go, man, what happened? How are you not able to take advantage of this? Um so let's I'm gonna maybe pull up a couple of drives here. And so we can we can see some of this stuff that really told a bit of the tale here. The Bengals moved a little bit on their first drive and then punted and then uh, you know three and out. Here, here I'll I'll share this. You can start to see some of this stuff here. Um puzzling, puzzling stuff when you look at the drive summary, when you look at what the Bengals were doing with a lot of different elements here. Um, sharing the screen, apologize for the delay. Here you go. Again, ESPN and their box score. Okay, so this, I mean, you look at it here, the Bengals moved a little bit on their first drive and then the, they they let the Browns do the same six plays. And you go, okay, well, maybe this will be, maybe not the prettiest game, but, you know, a little bit back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
So you look here, you know, they punt three plays. There you go. Uh, and including a, a penalty. Then Cleveland gets on the move after good, you know, good field position. They get on the move. They start at their own 41. They get down there. Boom. Fumble. All right. We're in business. Now it happened at the Cincinnati 21. And then look at what ensued. Three plays and punt it right back to you. Big momentum shift in favor of the Bengals, and they do nothing with it. Then, because of, again, the field position, not only do they not do anything with it, and not only do they go three and out, then instead of doing anything with a fumble, they allow a field goal. Um, so, you know, that's frustrating in itself. Uh, this one right here, the third and one, he went to Irv Smith and Irv Smith let it go through his hands. I don't even know if it even would have been a first down. You know, that was discussed then. Here's another three and out in after the field goal. Three and out, just three and out, not even moving the ball. Um, third and 15, they just, you know, white flag that thing and, you know, give a give a draw to Chris Evans there. Uh, I'm looking for some of these drives here where you go, man. Um, yeah, right here. Incomplete deep right. You're, you're second and eight. You get five yards. You got third and manageable. And you go incomplete deep right, jump ball to T. Higgins. Again, go back to that. Think of, what did I say? It was eight, eight targets and zero catches for T. Higgins. It was just jump ball after jump ball after jump ball, and they weren't working. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, third and one, Joe Mixon left guard to the Cincinnati 14. Now you go, well, th third and one for it. Well, you're deep in your own territory. So guess what? Three and out. You're not even – this is the other thing. You're not even giving your defense a, a brief. I mean, you've got, okay, three and out, okay, well, they punt, and then you've got five plays, and then you punt, and then you've got a three and out, and then you punt. Cleveland does the same thing, four plays and punt, and then another three and out, and you punt. Third and eight, Joe Perro, deep, incomplete pass to T. Higgins on third and eight. Um, now, third and eight's a tough, tough go of it, and they were trying to manage the rain and, you know, how to get the right grip and all that kind of stuff, uh, but it, it, there's a theme. And then, you know, of course – the big, big killer, and one of the ones that the Bengals were so great at in 2021, especially, was getting points before the half. Cleveland gives them a taste of their own medicine, giving going nine plays, 67 yards, and a touchdown right before the half. That was a gut punch. Just a gut punch. Then they get the ball back. Thankfully, Cleveland punts it. Bengals move the ball and finally get a field goal, but here you go. Uh, third and six, incomplete deep right to Jamar Chase, but that was a penalty on Denzel Ward for you know, pass interference. So they get the ball, they, they move it up. And that was kind of the biggest gift of the day. I mean, it was a good call, but whatever. Um, and then third and 10, Joe Burrow, short right to Irv Smith for, for eight yards. It's like, uh, I don't know. And then you miss a field goal and, and then late, you're just, you know, throwing up prayers to, you know, third and eight. Um, again, a short pass to Irv Smith that doesn't do you any good. And here's where this got a little weird for me. Um, you know, here you're at third and eight at their own 39. And then where was the other one here? This one, the missed field goal. You're in Cleveland territory at third and four. And that was another one. This was the one where I was like, what are you doing? Third and four, Joe Burrow, deep right to T. Higgins. Now, they were showing formations. And this, technically, you would take this matchup all the time. Grant Elp at a safety on T. Higgins one-on-one, -on -one, which was the call. You would take that play. 
It just wasn't there. The deep ball wasn't there today. The Browns defense played very well against the deep ball. It just wasn't there. Figure out another way. You were running the ball well at certain points in this game with Joe Mixon and, and getting some yardage. Uh, figure out something else on third and four. You go deep right, and then fourth and four, and you go, man, aggressive Zach Taylor. Maybe we go for it. I understand the weather and all this kind of stuff. And you go for a 51-yard field goal, and then, you know, you miss it. You give Cleveland good field position, and then the rest is kind of history from there. I mean, we can go through here and, and, and do that. But that, that to me, was a tide-turning play. And then when you go for it on downs, early in the fourth quarter, you're, you're at fourth and four on your own 31. So why would you not go for it here on the Cleveland 33 at, th at fourth and four, but then you go for it here on fourth and five? I'm sorry, not. Uh, where was it? Down here. Excuse me. Why would you go for it here at fourth and four on your own 31, but not not go for it right here and attempt a field goal fourth and four from the Cleveland 33. And of course, inevitably this fourth and four play from the Cincinnati uh, 31 yard line ended up being the, the minus 13 yarder from miles Garrett. And then it led to a touchdown. And you know, that was, that was pretty much game at that point. So, I mean, questionable decisions, you can, you can do all that, but it, it just seemed like there were questionable decisions, a lack of ex execution on the offense a lack of execution um, from certain elements of the special teams I thought the defense played well enough to get a win um again it, it's tough to lose an opening game it's you know a lot of people are well look at last year and the run they went on can, can you I mean, I guess if you have a lot of – and you should have a lot of faith in this team. I guess if you have a lot of faith in this team, you can say, well, hey, at any point they can go on a 10-game win streak again. And oh, at any point they can beat all these teams and do all these things. And I understand that. But I don't know if you can just hang your hat on 10-game win streaks to, to end the year, particularly when this season again – I've said it over and over again. It starts with two AFC North games to start the year you have to take care of business in these games this this game and this venue in particular is one where you got to figure out how to get past the kryptonite and they can't they just haven't done it they do not match up well against the cleveland browns so when i you know let's say the Bengals go far as we all predict them to do and i think they'll bounce back and they'll be fine and they'll win a lot of games and they'll get in the playoffs you know, you could say, you can make an argument, hey, you know, I think they'll match up pretty well against the Dolphins. I think they'll match up pretty well against the Jets. I think they'll match up pretty well against the Ravens. And, I mean, AFC North games are tough. You know, I think, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, if you talk about the Steelers and what we saw today, you would say, hey, maybe just as the teams are currently uh, comprised, maybe the Bengals are, you know, winning that game against the Steelers despite venue six or seven times out of ten. Maybe it's 50-50 against the Ravens. It is eight or nine times out of 10 that the Browns are beating the Bengals at this point, how these teams are currently comprised, regardless of venue. So you got to figure out a way, if you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you have to figure out a way to balance that scale, and they have not. And it, it revolves, in my opinion, revolves centrally around Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb. They have not found answers for those consistently 
I, I still, I mean, I don't want to put, I know we devalue running backs and rightfully so I get it, but still what I say was his, his seventh, seventh hundred yard game, six, 100 yard game against the Bengals. And I know he missed a game or two in his career against Cincinnati. Miles Garrett's putting up a sack plus per game. And there are more metrics than sacks. I get it, but you, <laughs> these are game wrecking plays and game wrecking players. And a, a lot of people are saying, well, you just put your hands up and say, well, they're just going to do what they're going to do. Well, you got to figure out a way to limit it. You have to, I understand they're very, very, very good players, but you have to figure out a way to limit it. You can't just throw your hands up and say, well, you know, we tried. You have to figure it out. Um, Andrew Woods, I like this one here. It's okay to lose, but not the way they play today. Well, I don't want to say it's okay to lose, but it's, I guess it, my, my phrasing of it would be, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to lose how they played. There was a lack of effort. I thought the body language was poor. And, you know, there's, you know, some of that chirping that we heard going into the Chiefs game, the Chiefs playoff game last year that ended up blowing up in their face. Now, granted, I thought the chirping that I heard was like, what, what are we even making a deal out of this? Uh, but at some point, just stop and just start, start playing, start playing ball. You don't need to talk about things and players and Burrowhead. And I, I mean, just, just play at some point. And, and I love the confidence of this team. I love the swagger. I love all that stuff. But, uh, you know, when you lose some of those comments and some of those things, they just get brought back up and, I don't know. Um, not the way I would have envisioned the Bengals starting their season. I, I didn't like this game starting the season off going on the road, divisional game against a team in which you have not had a lot of success against in recent history. I have I did not like this game on their schedule to start to start the year, but it is what it is. You got to play who you got to play, and you got to play them when when they're on the schedule. And the Bengals did not take care of business. They didn't. Uh, and yeah, I mean, our guy, Will Lewis here for a team full of guys that have played together a long time. They look like they just met. This is where that conversation of what do we do in the preseason? I, I know a lot of players and veterans love, we all love Zach Taylor, but I know players in the locker room love Zach Taylor because of the way he treats veterans and rest days and all that kind of stuff. But at some point, when you look at the last two off seasons in particular, um, you know, you look at the sluggish start in 2020, granted, that was a weird, weird year. You got a rookie quarterback, COVID year, the whole deal there. Um, they came out playing pretty well in 2019, although that season ended up imploding on them. Um, still, I mean, you're, you're looking at the big picture. Three of five season opening games in Zach Taylor's tenure, the team just came out flat, more or less. And yeah. I mean, I, I do, do you want it at some point that you got to address that? Yeah, Tom, that's the other that's the other side of the coin. These Pittsburgh Steelers were the preseason darlings. They were scoring points. They were can he pick a perfect passer rate? There's all kinds of stuff. Um, and, and I know that I know Zach Taylor said we're not hitting the panic button. All these players saying they're not hitting the panic button and all this kind of stuff. I get it. But at some point, if you're not. If you're coming out as as rusty looking and or as flat the the first couple of preseasons, don't you have to change your approach a little bit? 
I'm not saying throw him out there for three quarters or even a quarter. Just get him a couple snaps. And granted, of course, someone gets hurt. Obviously, it's like, ah, oh, what are you doing putting your starters out there in preseason and all that kind of stuff? Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a fine line to walk. But when you have losses like this to, to start two consecutive seasons, you got to at least question a little bit of your offseason approach. What are we doing? Why are we coming out this flat? And, uh, you know, if it's not that, then it's focus. It's maybe, again, hyping this team up. A lot of people are picking them to win the Super Bowl, go to the Super Bowl, that sort of thing. A lot of people were talking about the contract stuff of a couple of important players this week. So you go, okay, well, is it the focus? Is it not necessarily preseason snaps? Is it the focus? So um, Bengals have to get back to business, and they have a tall tall task next week against the Baltimore Ravens as they come to Cincinnati for the Bengals home opener. And then the the Bengals have the Rams on Monday night and things just kind of start ramping up from there. They got to start getting some wins together and they got to start making, you know, I I know we look, look back last year, look back last year and they were 500 and they went on this long run. Yeah, they did. Do you want to rely on that again? I mean, I, they, they could do it. I would much rather them just kind of be a steady team. Yeah, I'd like them to get hot at the right time like they did last year, of course. I'd rather see some steadiness. I'd rather see some, you know, momentum out of the gate, particularly when you have two division games to start the year. Not a good look for the Cincinnati Bengals. They lose 24-3. to at Cleveland and Cleveland fans are all over the place. Cleveland Browns players are celebrating and putting it in their face and all kinds of stuff. So at, at any rate, just <laughs> quite honestly, uh, I, I thought, I, I mean, yeah, I, I haven't done the work of statistically putting this up against every single Joe Burrow game or Zach Taylor. Game. This, this has to be, especially in the Joe Burrow era, and I don't want to call it just Joe Burrow playing poorly because there was a lot of players that played poorly. But this was the worst game, I think, in the Joe Burrow era for, for the Cincinnati Bengals. And it came against a team in which they struggled. And this stacks up pretty closely to that Halloween game last year against these same Cleveland Browns in this same venue. So you got to start figuring out what you have to do to beat this team. Marvin Lewis didn't have a lot of success against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did okay. He was, you know, above 500 against the Baltimore Ravens. And he, I think it was 22, 22 and 10 against the, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so he did his work against the Cleveland Browns. And this is a game that matters a lot to the Brown family, to the Blackburn family. So Zach Taylor has not fared well against the Cleveland Browns and he and Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow remains winless in Cleveland. Um, and, and the team was a two and 11 last handful of, of games here. They got to figure it out. They got to figure it out. So uh, again, concerning, concerning that Burrow was still having his calf worked on and looked at on the sideline. I didn't like that, but it is what it is. And he's probably going to just make sure that also the weather was weird. So maybe that was just kind of tightening things up with the humidity and the rain and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, it's something to look at, but uh, for the most part now, it's all about the Bengals hosting Baltimore, getting things right, getting their heads right and moving past this game. You know, they play the Browns later this year. 
so they don't have to, you know, worry about riding the ship right away against this team, but they got to figure this out. Is this, I mean, not only, not only is this contest between these two teams, the record lopsided, but the games are often lopsided. It's, it's multiple possession losses by the Bengals and Joe Burrow. So I don't know. They got to figure it out. Anyway, we're going to get on out of here. Bengals lose 24 to three. And uh, that is that they could fall to own one and they are going to move on to the Baltimore Ravens going forward. Take care, everybody. Again, get this show on your favorite audio streamer, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones go right down here. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give a thumbs up to the Cincy jungle Facebook page. We stream live to a lot of different accounts. Appreciate you tuning in live. Hopefully you're enjoying despite what happened earlier in week one. Hopefully you are enjoying the rest of your week one slate of games. We'll be back tomorrow with all kinds of breakdowns. John Sheeran and myself will be back with uh, all kinds of stuff this week to preview the next game and talk about what happened this week. Take care, everybody, and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank you.